Hello out there. We're on the air. It's, it's Rink Moose Talk tonight. The beers are cold. The mics light up. And, and the, the boys, boys get set to fight. The gloves come off. Opinions get thrown. And someone slips on ice. One man howls. The other scowls. But the show must go on. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. You're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. With hockey flows. And Marshawn's nose. And Pierre Maguire's life. Not John's a leaf. Ovechkin's teeth. And Hoffman's crazy wife. When Carey slumps. And Benjamin stumps. Durant's not LaFontaine. Jokes aside, it's podcast time. And Rink Moose is the name. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rink Moose. A weekly episodic hockey podcast where two good friends get together and discuss all things NHL and their implications in the fantasy hockey universe. Oh, I am one of your. <laughs> here we go again, interrupting me on the intro. But well, I you're, continue. you're surprising me here. <laughs> Changing it up. I like it. All right. All right. For those of you just tuning in for the first time, my name is Nick Costu. And once again, the schmuck who loves to interrupt me, <laughs> the former Aurora Tiger, Kyle Nice. Kyle, how are you doing on this late Sunday evening? Well, Nick, we're all part of this universe, and we're coming at you on a Sunday evening, which is new for us, or not usual. We usually come at you on a Thursday and release Saturday, so yeah, it's a... It's a bit of a sleepy Sunday, but we're going to deliver you one of our best episodes of all time. Of all time. And that's partly because we have such a juicy topic to start with. And that, of course, is the big Nylander signing. <clears throat> so the first thing Nylander thinks he, he can contribute to this team when he comes back, Nick, first thing he does is he takes Kasperi Kapanen and he fucking... Nails him in a car accident. <laughs> so <laughs> I just recently heard that these two were involved in a minor car accident. And uh, right. n- not only that, but they've lost every game that uh, that Nylander's been a part of. So what's he doing <laughs> over here? I mean, were you not training in Sweden? Do, do they not have facilities for you to actually sharpen your skills up here? Like, first of all, I know he wasn't driving because he's, he's doing his chauffeur with all his money and his Rolls Royce and all that. But like... Don't don't hurt Kapanen. What has he done wrong? You know, so I'm not happy about that. And um, yeah, onto the contract details. <laughs> six point nine million for six years. Um, in my opinion, Nick, this is a pretty fair deal uh, on on both sides. I think Dubis did his job by uh, by sticking his feet in the ground and waiting this long. And I think uh, Nylander and his agent, uh, at the end of the day, they got probably more money than they would have uh, by waiting this long. And I think he's probably pretty happy with it. Uh, so, yeah, I see this as pretty even so far on, on both sides, just based on his value and where it's going. What do you think? Well, I uh, I mean, I, I've been kind of beating the same drum this whole uh, this whole during this whole saga here. 
Because I, I was the opinion, hey, this guy's disposable. You have these other youngsters who can skate just like him, play just like him, and Janssen and Kapanen. What's what's the point of having the kid? And uh, I mean, I, I guess you could assume where I'm going to come from here. And I, I'm I'm just I don't know. I'm just not very pleased. But I, I don't know if it's more so the technicality of of the deal that I'm displeased about or if it's just the fact of re-signing Nylander because I, I was kind of with Brian Burke on this one if you heard his comments which was along the lines of hey listen the guy's sixth best player on your team maybe seventh and you're paying him a hefty 6.9 mil for the next six years do you really want to make that commitment for a guy who when you look at the depth chart isn't necessarily one of your staple players so to speak so that, I mean, that's kind of where I where I sit. I, I don't know about you, but I don't know if you agree with that. But uh. see, here's where I'm perplexed, and I don't know if you heard this: is that Kyle Dubas said that uh, he made a promise to William that he said, "Bill, as long as I'm the GM of this team, I will not trade you." And to me, I'm just shaking my head, and I'm like, "Why would you dig yourself into this hole?" Like, why would you limit your options like this? And I know it's not like he's not contractually obli- obligated, but you're just gonna you're gonna seem like a prick if you actually do anything. And uh, at the end of the day, we take Burke's comments into consideration, and then the dollar values. And you look at Matthews and Marner contracts coming up. I'm uh, I'm on the side of the fence that says someone one of these big names is still gonna have to be moved for all this to really work out. I mean. Um, we know we have Matthews and Marner coming up. Sources out there say that Matthews' contract could be anywhere from 10 to 13 million. In my humble and honest opinion, Nick, I say he's making 12 minimum. I think he can demand that kind of money, and especially with the salary cap going up. He might not make uh, exact McDavid money, but if he comes in just under that, I, I could see it, man. I could really see it. And then it's like, you know, what's Marner going to make? He's going to make around, he's going to flirt with 10 million after after the season we're seeing. So uh, it's just, um, I mean, you made this big promise and for some reason it went public. I think he, I think he said it went, uh, I think he made it public. So I don't, I don't, I don't get this. And I think something's going to have to change. Yeah, no, I, it's, 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 it's good you bring up that Dubas point because, you know, a, a bit of me thought when I read the 6.9 over 6 and I saw the fact that ac- the actual reality is the first year is front-loaded, so more money is going towards the first year of the contract and then yeah. it stabilizes progressively, I was like, okay, that, may, that might make sense here because that means, okay, it's tradable, so maybe it's not long-term. Maybe it was just a short-term thing. Maybe it was just this year. You got a good shot at winning the cup. You don't want him sitting in Sweden. There were no trade partners to make to make a deal with. So you sign him, pay him a lot of money for this year, and just have him for this year. And then you can worry about trading him later, which was a totally fine, totally on board with. But yeah. then when you listen to the comments where it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm not trading him while I'm GM. Well, well, that's that's baloney. I mean, <laughs> yeah. now, now you've locked yourself in for six years because Dubas isn't going anywhere. I mean, I, I can't see them getting rid of him, which means that Nylander's not going anywhere. And if Nylander's, if Nylander's not going anywhere, then how the hell are you going to free up the cap space? Because I was listening to, I believe this is on Tim, Tim and Sid. They were saying, hey, $26 million, if, if you look at the cap and how much it's going to escalate between this year and next year, the Leafs are going to have about $26 million in cap space. And if you think mm. of Marner and Matthews, 
either way you cut it 12 and 9 11 and 10 yeah how you divvy up that money it's going to be about 21 mil 21 will 21 mil off 26 that's only five how the hell are you going to afford everybody else with just that five million and we're we're talking kapanen and jansen and uh gardner gardner and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and other key pieces so it's just it's it's as pierre Maguire would say it is uh cap space purgatory here <laughs> yeah and uh, his favorite and, and 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 we don't we don't know what's like just everything we're hearing just i like i guess the best way to sum it up was we thought after this kneelander situation there'd be more clarity you know you'd kind of have a sense of where things are going how how the leafs are going to spread out their money moving forward but now it's just you're, you're asking even more questions after this deal in my opinion yeah, and this Nylander's almost set a precedent for these guys now where you look at Nylander and if, if he's going to dig his feet in and he's going to say, I want what I'm worth, why in God's green earth would Marner and Matthews not do the exact same thing? Why are they not saying to their agents, all right, yeah, you tell Dubas, uh, yeah, we're willing to wait the whole time too because we want to get our, our full value. Now, it's just, it's and, a nasty and, situation. No, I agree, and and not only the Leafs, but this this is spread through all of hockey. Oh you yeah. You think of uh, upcoming RFA's line A, your boy Rontanen, your oh, boy, boy. Point, oh, your boy, boy. Besser, <laughs> all these all these guys, your boys, like they're gonna they're gonna do the same shit. Some of them are probably gonna sit to start the season, and they're gonna ask for a lot of money, and they're gonna see this guy Willie, who can't even crack twenty five goals, get six point nine mil. And these guys like Point and Rantanen, who are MVP candidates this year, I mean, they're going to be asking for the Holy Grail. Oh, yeah. Now, the way this system is supposed to work, and I, I don't remember where I heard this, but uh, when you're when you're signing as an RFA, you don't have a lot of power. So the GM usually, you know, he's got a little bit more power. He's able to get a bit more of a friendly deal. And then when you're a UFA like John Tavares, you hold all the cards and you usually get a little more than what you're worth. So in this case, it looks like the RFAs are now taking a little bit more of that power back with this deal, and they're going to start asking for, you know, a little bit more than maybe what they deserve, as typical RFAs of the past have been getting. You know, when you're a UFA and you have all that power, you can demand a little bit more. But now we're seeing a, a huge power imbalance, and this is uh, this could set a lot of things off, as you said, and. Uh, there's another factor, there's a little rumor trickling around out there. I don't know if you've been paying too much attention to it, but uh, the big O word, the offer sheet rumor for the big old Austin. So what this exactly is and how offer sheets work is depending on the dollar value that that team that offers has to give up a sum of picks in compensation. So, for example, if Arizona, which is Austin Matthews' hometown team, decides they want to offer sheet Austin for max dollars, uh, they basically put this $14 million contract on the table and they say, this is our offer. The Leafs, you, you either match it or we're going to give you all these picks and take Austin. Uh, now, the, the deal here is they'd have to give up four first-round picks four that's insane amount of value so that's why i don't see the offer sheet really being a problem but uh, there's some legitimate names out there that say it's a legitimate threat 
which we haven't really seen in the NHL recently or for any big names. I think the last one was Shea Weber, and uh, it didn't end up turning into anything because Nashville matched it and then traded him off. So, yeah, what do you think of the uh, the offer sheet rumor out there? Well, one thing I will say is I'm glad it's going to expedite the process, so to speak, because apparently the deadline to sign Matthews to kind of exempt that whole saga of, of getting to an offer sheet kind of mm. ordeal would be July 1st. So what they were saying on Hockey Night in Canada was, okay, you set that as your deadline to sign Matthews and Marner, and then they'll be exempt from receiving any offers. I'm excited because hopefully that escalates the process. Uh, you yeah. know, it, it speeds things up. We don't have to go through another lull like we did here with Nylander because boy oh boy would that suck and oh, yeah. uh, and hopefully it just it gets the ball rolling here in terms of what i think of offer sheets in general i'm with you i think that's a ridiculous price to pay but i mean some teams like arizona i mean generational talent from arizona could change the whole franchise how much revenue your team makes could save that franchise yeah that's what the rumor is now that they're going to be moved out because they still can't build that arena uh in in arizona so you know, maybe, maybe they 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 would make they would go that distance. But I mean, until I see it, I'd I'd, I'd be pretty doubtful. Yeah, they'd have to be so so comfortable with the young talent, uh, the prospects that they have in their system right now, in order to make that move. Because you're basically saying no first rounds for four years. That's insane. You're uh, you're really mortgaging the future and uh, putting it all on Austin's hands. But yeah. There's, there's outside factors too. If they're really in trouble with numbers and, you know, relocation rumors, then Austin's a guy who could seemingly turn a whole franchise around for sure. So, yeah, it's going to be really fun to, to keep our eye on and hopefully it doesn't, uh, doesn't blow up into that kind of thing. But, you know, you know, weirder things have happened. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's going to be fun. Yeah, one, one more thing I will say, though, is... And I don't think this should go without without saying is Willie did really well for himself here. Like when you when you think about it, like he might get some shit like for for sitting out all that long, but like long term, he's getting paid a lot of money for like not really having done much, which, which is kind of <laughs> which is kind of amazing when you think about it. Like you could tell he's super happy. Like in that interview, he was super happy. And I don't oh, know yeah. if he's gonna. I don't know. Like I know it's been a real short sample size here. It's only been a couple games, and he's been all all but trash so far. But uh, <laughs> I mean, all donuts in the first game, no shots, oh, no awful. nothing. Just awful. He was falling all over the place. It was it was just bad. You're right. Like I don't know what they have him doing in Sweden. Like how he's been preparing, <laughs> but he just looked god awful. So yeah. I mean, right now he looks like a genius. He's got so much money to deal with. This is only his first contract. We'll see what he gets, you know, when he when he turns 28 for his next contract. But regardless mm-hmm. where he's playing in two or three or four years from now, I think he did really well for himself. So uh, congrats to to Willie on this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you, you said it best. I mean, what's he been doing? Playing right beside Austin Matthews and putting up 60 points. Fucking big deal. Yeah, and doing squat deal. in the playoffs. Squat. Exactly. He was awful. If, mm-hmm. if if I'm not uh, mistaken, Marner was our only guy going last year. And Marlo, Marlo and Marner were the only guys going for us. Right. Austin had that one goal. I, yeah, he was he was struggling too. So yeah, well, 
you know, that's the thing. He's He's got pressure on himself now. With this whole shebang he's caused, he's like, all of a sudden, the spotlight's right on him. If you don't perform, you're going to look like an ass. 100%. But you still get your paycheck. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, no, who he, gives a fuck? Like, again, like, worst case scenario, okay, you're going to get chirped, but, like, you're still going to get your money, you know? Whereas before, like, it's not like he's playing for a contract. Like, had he signed a bridge, then I think there'd be more pressure, there'd be more scrutiny, potentially. But now yeah. that he signed the big deal, it's kind of like, okay, b- best case scenario, I, I prove myself and I earn the contract. Worst case scenario, I still get my money, you know? Yeah, he'd, uh, he did his job. He, the agent really, really worked it for him. But he was, he was yeah. you know, he, he made some of the calls too. He was brave to sit it out. But mm-hmm. I just... Uh, you know, I wouldn't if it was if he was my favorite player. Put it this way, I'd be I'd be sorely disappointed, sorely disappointed. Oh, yeah. Like his his reputation now is definitely tainted, uh, at the very least, pretty slightly. Slightly, so, uh, yeah. yeah. There's if, there's if, tons of fans out there that that will defend this move, anyways. Like till right. the day they they die, but yeah. But I like I feel like if you're Matthews or Marner, he kind of. He was kind of he's kind of your scapegoat because he kind of was the first one to like make himself look like an ass. Yeah. So now like you guys will you guys should look less like an ass, you know, because he already kind of you know got went through the whole process of kind of looking greedy, you know. Mm-hmm. And and another thing, if if I like just just one last point here, like if I'm a guy like Jake Gardner who wants to stay on this team, like who sees this this team and the window of winning and clearly wants to be a part of, of this project and loves yeah. the way he's fitting into Toronto. I must be looking at Willie and being not really pleased with him because I'm like, hey man, there's only, there's only so many slices of pizza here and you're eating them all. So <laughs> yeah. like, like, how am I going to fit under the cap here? Like now you're forcing me to take like a $4 million deal where I could be getting paid, you know, six plus anywhere else mm. so so thanks you fucking piece of shit <laughs> yeah you know, like, like he's got to be whispering that to himself oh huh? i gotta think that in that dressing room even though everyone's like you know saying the right thing out loud there's oh, guys yeah. just thinking you know this guy's a fucking prick it's there's <laughs> it's got to be out there you know he just pulls over you know ojagan off and goes Oh yeah. Fuck Willie over there, you know. Like, <laughs> what the hell is he? Who do you think? Who does he think he is? He's driving oh, me yeah. out of the city. I gotta move my, you know, wife and kids and dog and all that. <laughs> oh, it's awful. It's, it's a it's a cut like beneath all like the laughter and all the smiles and all the fun. It's a it's a cutthroat business. So uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I'm definitely there's definitely some uh, some drama there for sure. Perhaps. Yeah, he uh, he made a, a subtle vibe when he came back that kind of threw the team off whack a little bit. And I'm sure they'll get it back soon. But yeah, just a little imbalance of uh, of, uh, of positivity, perhaps, is what's caused uh, this mini losing streak here. Mm-hmm. But I want to go back, Nick, to a, a game earlier on in the week. And I, this was just before Willie got back. It was the Buffalo-Toronto game. Man, oh man, what a matchup. It had the uh, it had playoff electricity. It uh, it set up the Matthews versus Eichel storyline perfectly. Those guys were uh, those guys were just working that night really really well. And uh, to be honest, to me this game in particular it set up what could be a fantastic rivalry for the next five years plus. Now we saw both teams, you know, look amazing. They went all the way to overtime. You saw mostly Leafs fans in the Buffalo stands, but. Uh, 
that's uh, that's besides the point there. But uh, that OT winner, man, that was magnificent. I think that was that's where you kind of saw that best wrister in the game kind of uh, kind of thing there. Oh yeah, it was it was just one of those games. I mean, first off, it was historic because you had Ferraro and and Gordon Miller on the TSN side. You had oh, Pierre yeah. on the NBC side. So you Jeez. got Ferraro and Pierre in the middle of your screen the whole game. Just battling. It was fantastic. <laughs> oh, just battling. It's almost a battle within a battle, you know. Yeah. And uh, and and yeah, no, the the game was fantastic. Like Eichel to me seemed off to start the game. And, mm. and there was that shot I sent of you where he, he threw his helmet off yeah, and yeah. tossed it on the floor on the bench. He was so pissed with how the game was going. And then slowly he found his way. Out of nowhere, he scores that first goal. And then he adds another. And it, it was just a fantastic duel between Matthews mm. and Eichel. And it, it's not the first time we've seen that. We've seen them go head-to-head before. Um, so I, I thought it was great. The stars came out to play. The fans were great, like you said, about a 50-50, 60-40 split. Very loud mm-hmm. fan base on both sides. Um, great goaltending. I mean, I was it was it was great. Um, Rasmus Dahlin for the first time. I was never a real big Rasmus Dahlin guy, but, no but I got it. I'm telling you, and I've, I've never been a guy. No, I because I've heard stuff from people, and I've heard how good he is. But even watching him in like the World Juniors and the occasional Buffalo game. I was never really taken off my feet, but in this game, he made some fantastic, like just little things. Like I know he didn't score a goal or anything, but just little, little hockey, uh, the minutia of hockey, little plays where he would just make these smart little moves in his zone or in the offensive zone. I, w- I was just really impressed with his maturity for a kid so young. So uh, kudos to him. Kudos to Jack. I liked what I saw from Buffalo in general. Um Tage Thompson, he's a guy I, I I've liked of late watching the Sabers. So yeah, lot to like there. As as a Leaf fan, it's you know I know it's hard to say, but this team's legit, and uh, it looks like they're going to be in the playoffs. When you look at the they're they're up like eight points on on the on the next team like behind the wild card spot there in the uh, in the Eastern Conference. So yeah. if they can keep this up, and Carter Hudden can keep playing like he's been playing because they're going to need him to come through here. Um, I, I don't see why this can't be a first-round matchup. I think it would be great. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, they have hit a bit of a skid since that 10-game winning streak. I think mm-hmm. they've lost maybe three now. But, uh, you know, it's it's just everything kind of correcting itself. But, yeah, you're right. They are. They do have the talent there. And uh, just to touch on Rasmus Dahlin, I think when I look at, like, the, the mixture of hands and skating together uh, in unison, he might mm-hmm. be near that he might be top three in terms of defenseman right now the guy skates with such fluidity it's 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 almost artistic to watch i oh, mean yeah. you, you can just tell when he figures it out when he figures the game out and the speeds and all the uh the nuances and all that even more it's this guy's gonna rack up points like crazy this that people said he was like the mcdavid of defense and I'm, and I'm starting to see it just just based on that like hands and skating kind of uh kind of tandem so my gosh, he's he's good to watch. But uh, yeah, in terms of Eichel and Matthews, you, you could just see their competitive edges just getting at each other. Like you knew there was an internal riv- rivalry mm-hmm. that they were kind of battling up against each other. But one thing I wanted to ask you about uh, regarding Austin is uh, it kind of happened in the last game where he took a, a kind of a nasty hit or 
yeah, it was it was a pretty hard hit. I forget when it was. Might might have been late in overtime or something. But I, I remember like everyone just being a little bit weary and nervous because, you know, he was kind of slow to get up and go to the bench. Mm-hmm. So the, I've been hearing people on the radio talk and, and, you know, raise concerns about the shoulder and all that. And uh, I don't know. It, uh, people, people are getting pretty worried about the, uh, the toughness of this Leafs team when it comes to like a playoff series. I mean, we, we saw them against Boston and uh, Boston's not an overly physical large team but you know Ray Ferrar was talking about guys who could get in people's faces could you know protect your stars but they could actually play and Toronto doesn't really have a guy like that probably Zach Hyman comes to mind first but uh, you know he's not the ideal guy Uh, do you think this team lacks a bit of that sandpaper that they would need to go for a deep run in the playoffs especially with Austin's shoulder problems well, I, I think it's important to to underscore that because you, you don't want the classic enforcer, Matt Martin. You don't want no, the guy no. who can't skate. You want a guy who can still play, but also has that grit factor to him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I, when I look at this Leafs team and I put myself in the shoes of a team that's playing them, I'm not really scared of any of their players. I don't think there's a guy who's who's going to be there to knock you down or or to, to to give you a hit if you attack Marner or something or to or to even chirp you. Like I don't there's not a lot of like just like just nastiness on this team. Like they're all like think like I know it sounds weird but like they're all kind of like good guys on the Leafs, you know? Like who's there to actually like fuck yeah. you up, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. like when you think about it, nobody, and you saw that yesterday in the Boston game, Ron Hainsey has to drop the gloves because no one else can. That's not right. Know, he, he doesn't know what he's doing. He, no. He's showboating the guy saying, hey, come at me, come at me. And then he runs into the boards behind him. And the next thing you know, he's down. So mm. uh, I, it's just, you see little things like that where guys are getting out, going out of their element, going out of their way to fill that void. And the Leafs don't have a guy who can naturally slot in and fill that void because it, it's just it, it's a need they have, and and I don't think it's shown more so than these last few games. So I I totally agree, but again I I do want to underscore it can't just be this big hunky guy like no. a Matt Martin who just stops all pace when the puck goes to him. It has to be a guy who can play ten minutes a, a night, but ten you know impressive actually contributing and, and can make plays and can pass the puck with with a fourth liner like a Tyler Ennis a guy who can keep up with him you know you don't you don't want a guy who's just a detriment to your team and every so often will come and get in a fight that that's just that's irrelevant in today's NHL yeah Ray Ferraro made the uh made the comment you don't want a bulldozer amongst race cars because you don't want the right. play to die on someone's stick and uh, if you look at it just as a whole I mean, you don't have a player on the Leafs that sets the tone like that, that that sets the, like, you know, don't mess with us physically kind of tone. Like, no mm. one's going to pay any sort of price physically when you when you face the Leafs, let's be honest. No. I mean, no. sure, you're, you're going to get scored on and stuff like that, but, you know, I, if you picture... L- let, me, let me rewind a little bit. As when, when Shea Weber came back, the feeling that I got from the Canadians that everyone felt a foot taller. Everyone all of a sudden just kind of played a little bit bigger than they were. So if you have a guy like uh, like Weber, for example, in Montreal against Toronto, 
sure, maybe uh, he not not the fleetest of foot, but if he gets a couple good licks in on on some of the stars there and really wears them down, that's that that'd be worrying to me for sure. If as a as a Toronto fan, I mean, uh, it, it it could come to a uh, an effect where where Kyle Dubas has to make a move. And we mentioned he, he has to be able to play. And I, I look at a guy like Andrew Shaw, who fits in really well on that Domi Druan line. And he's actually, uh, he's that sandpaper role. Like he can play the Zach Hyman role. He can lay big hits. And uh, he's a, another kind of guy that makes Domi and Druan feel a foot taller when they play. So a guy like Shaw, I think, would work so well with, uh, with the mm-hmm. Leafs team. It's just you can't, uh, you can't really subtract you know, a, a key piece of that line either, you know? So it, it's going to be hard, but uh, it, he doesn't necessarily have to play on that line, but you have to be able to set a, you have to be able to set a precedent precedence for your team physically. No. And, and, and look no further than Stanley cup winners, right? Look oh, Tom Wilson. There you they, go. They got speed. You got Tom Wilson. Even Oshie throws the body around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Orlov on defense. I mean, you have guys who just are renowned for throwing the body around and who can get in the the greasy zones and and muck some guys up. And and look at their counterparts: Vegas, Ryan Reeves, Will Carrier, arguably the best fourth line. And we'll get we'll get into Carrier later on in the show because I got yeah. something to say about him. Mm. But you're you're looking at the best fourth line in hockey there. because these guys they can score they're not just there to be bulldozers they still Mm -hmm. are productive they still score they can drive a line yeah so winnipeg's big yeah winnipeg too i mean leafs would not be able to compete with these teams i'm sorry and and they're just like i hate to say it because i'm a leafs fan but like they're kind of just a bunch of babies (laughs) like like, do you ever see Tavares like chirp a guy? Like, or no, open his no, mouth? no. I swear no. to God, Tavares is like he talks to nobody. Marner talks to nobody. Kapanen talks to nobody. Janssen talks to nobody. Matthews talks to nobody. Nylander, nobody. Like, there's none of these guys actually are like Gallagher's who are there to like pet be pests and like get you off your game. You know? Yeah. I'm to see, and I'm not seeing it. And and it's and it's getting me worried because because I know it's only game thirty. They just had their thirtieth game, but still, it's, it it makes me concerned. Now let me ask you this: Does Tampa have something like that? They do. Cedric Paquette. Ah. And and they got size on their depth on their depth chart. You got a guy like a Kalorn. He'll yeah. throw the body around. Yeah. I mean, uh, I know Hedman's that a big guy. Is, oh yeah, Hedman Hedman's a big guy. Uh, I mean, they, they, they've got it for sure. They've got more tenacity. And they've been, they've been there before. They've been to the cup final. They know what it's like. They've had to have those guys there. So I don't mm. think they're worried. I, I think they're a little more complete with the Leafs. And, and it's funny you mention them because, Kyle, this Thursday, Leafs-Tampa. Oh. oh. Finally. I'll Finally. be done my exams and I'll be, oh, I'll oh, be watching wow. that. When are you coming back? <laughs> like, are you going to be back on time? Oh, fuck no. I'm here for another 10 days. Oh, man. Yeah, but I'll be watching because I got an exam Thursday, but I, I will be free that night. So yeah, that I'm really could looking be... forward to that. You That's know what sucks? Fun. Is that... Uh, how would that work? That would never be an East final, would it? Because it's they're both in the Atlantic, right? Uh, that would either be first or second round, depending. Yeah, because... Which is sad. It, it, it could only be the final if one of them was a wild card team. Oh yes, and, and yes. Up in the metro bracket, but the, which that, is of not course, happening. Won't happen. 
So, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yet again, another another downer of the whole new playoff format and mm. Batman's new format where you have these teams, Boston, Toronto, Tampa, where only one of them is getting past the first two rounds. Yeah, it reminds me of Winnipeg, uh, Nashville last year. Right. That that yeah, should have been a West final. Yeah. And, and speaking we... of that, speaking of those uh, of Tampa, you saw them light up Colorado the other night, eh? I did, yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't watch they, it, but yeah, it's a, they laid a touchdown on them, seven <laughs> goals. It's a rare misstep by the Avalanche, <laughs> and uh, it really cost me with my Varlamov goaltender in the Andrew League. Right, right, right. <laughs> and yeah, and one I, more yeah. thing I want to touch on before we move on here. Yeah. I know we talked about Buffalo. Buffalo, um, this coming was for crazy. you. Yeah, Buffalo, I'm coming for you, and they are coming. Yeah, for the twenty for the 2019 draft. I know it's one of the best drafts this coming summer. Get mm. this. If the San Jose Sharks, who we've talked about quite a bit the last two oh, weeks, if the, yes. San, if the San Jose Sharks miss the playoffs somehow, oh. and, he, and, and it could happen the way they're playing, yeah. Buffalo will have three first-round picks. Good Christ. In, in, a, in an amazing draft. Christ. So it, if already they aren't good enough, then... Uh, Oh wow! I just got some breaking news here. Really? Um, Anti Ranta will miss the remainder of the NHL season. No. Yeah, I'm just breaking that right now. Wow. So, yeah, that's breaking news right now. Anti Ranta will be missing the rest of the season, which probably takes out Arizona out of that Pacific Division. They're done. They're they're yeah, they're, done. they're finished already. Yeah. So they'll they'll be in the Hughes race. They will be in the Hughes race along with L.A. and St. Louis. St. Louis. Oh, and man. Chicago. And Chicago. You yeah. know what? But anyways, yeah. No, go on. No, yeah, you go on. I was going to go off. Well, in I, I was direction. just going to finish on Buffalo. Yeah. So, yeah, long story short, three first-round picks. If San Jose misses, I know it's not likely. But, hey, I mean, there's a shot. I mean, a lot of those teams in that Western Conference are in it. I mean, Vegas they're making their push san jose has caught some fire or sorry anaheim's caught some fire of late edmonton obviously will get into them very shortly yeah um it, it, i mean it could foreseeably happen and yeah. if it does that that would be huge for buffalo because they're already so loaded and and if they get three first round picks that that would just change the whole the whole landscape in the atlantic division if you ask me so who's that other? Who's their their other pick? They have their own. They have the potential San Jose. Oh, who's know. the other one? I, was I it can't. part of the? Uh, was it part of the St. Louis O'Reilly deal? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I I think but, they definitely. Uh, yeah. Well, St. Louis has their own. Maybe they gave them a different one. I'm not sure. Maybe. Yeah, but that's maybe. interesting though. And they're already loaded prospect wise. So, yeah, they're laughing. They're laughing all day. That that Absolutely. reminds me of a Colorado situation where they're they're bad, or sorry they they're already great on on prospects and they have a sweet pick coming up. Great. My goodness, but yeah, let's. But anyways, uh, yeah, what did you want to touch on? Oh yeah, um, uh, yeah, I lost it. What was it? Uh, ah, forget it. Maybe it'll come back to me. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you mentioned you mentioned Edmonton then, there and. Uh, Man, they've been they've been kind of coming back with their with their season here, Nick. I guess uh, Ken Hitchcock has had some sort of effect on the team. We're we're looking at the Edmonton Oilers today, and they're one point out of a playoff spot. Their goals against average has gone way down. 
McDavid's ice time has gone to historic five on five <laughs> levels. Historic. What is it like? Twenty five minutes some nights, five on five regular. Holy shit! Now That's I haven't Hitchcock watched. For you. Yeah, I, to be honest, Mick, Nick, when I ever since Hitchcock took over, I don't even want to watch this team because I have <laughs> this thought in my head that they're going to be boring. Am, am I right on that, or what, what's going on there? Yeah, they're they're certainly not the most high scoring of games, um, except for the last one, seven two or was, something. Yeah. But no, it was pretty comedic. It was one of his first games. It was when they were still on that California road trip. I think they lost a game like 2-1 in Anaheim or something, and they were interviewing Hitch afterwards, and they were like, so, uh, you know, these one nothing, 2-1 games, is is this kind of how uh, we're going to get used to seeing Ken Hitchcock hockey? <laughs> ah, that hurts. <laughs> and, and Hitch was just like, you know, we're going to keep them to 0-1-2, and, and that's nice. what we're going to try to do. <laughs> And and as a fantasy owner of like Talbot or Costin, and I'm like, hey, that that sounds great, but like from mm-hmm. like an actual just guy who wants to see offense, uh, it's lame. Yeah, th- this team has definitely left a lot to be desired in that respect. But I mean, they're getting it done. Six two and one since the the big coaching change. Two point three GAA, which in today's NHL with all these all the scoring is is pretty fantastic. Um, and they're I don't know within a couple points, one or two points of a playoff spot now. So. He has salvaged their season, which a lot of people thought could not be done. I know mm. you weren't too high on it. You weren't buying into the coaching change too much. You had them on the outside looking in in your latest predictions. Yeah. But I, I, I told you, I'm a believer in coaches. I, I think it can change a lot, especially this guy who who I know for quite some time when he was coaching in St. Louis. And uh, he hasn't proven me wrong yet. They're mm. even beating the Flames right now, one nothing after one. So, oh, yeah. Um, this is uh, lots of encouraging things in Edmonton. Maybe not the sexiest hockey, but it, it's working. That's all that matters. So, what are your? Give me a percentage on how much do you think they're going to make, or per, like odds they're going to make the playoffs? Oh, eighty-five uh, percent. Wow. Yeah, just, I just I I look at the the weakness in that division, just the the fact it's the worst division in hockey, and just the fact that I just have so much faith in him. This guy can change so much. Like, it's crazy the effect he's had. Like, so how come he couldn't get anything done in Dallas? See, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it was the team that was there. the The team wasn't really tailored to his game. Yeah. I don't know. I I didn't watch too much of Dallas last year, and that's just what I was thinking actually when I was talking about him. But I'm telling you, like in those years he was coaching in St. Louis, they never had a bad season. Like they always made the playoffs. Or they were, yeah, I, I, like they literally made the playoffs every year. They were steady the whole way, and that was yeah. with with subpar goaltending with oh, Brian Elliott and Jake Allen. Very subpar. And, and now he's got better goaltending because this Koskinen guy looks great, and uh, it it's it's awesome. And he's he's making their job easy. Talbot's regained his form under this new Hitchcock system. It's there's kind of like a timeshare now, so. I, I own both of them for that very reason because I'm every night I'm just I just know this team's not going to let four goals or more in, which mm. is just amazing. So I, I I'm all into it. I don't know what happened in Dallas, but hey, what matters is the, the present, and yeah. and it looks like he's he's got this team to buy into what he's doing because, and and it makes sense. I mean, playing McDavid 25 minutes a night, why not? He's the best player in the league. If you were the coach, wouldn't you do the same? Uh, I would just, I would worry about, you know, burning him out or injury probably, but you know, it depends where you are in the standings. If, if you're doing okay, then maybe I bump the minutes down 
but where they are and, right and, now i yeah. get it no i agree and and from what i hear like it's kind of simple what they're doing like he's essentially just asking their their other three lines to play defensively and to play like like a neutral hockey the whole game like just smart don't necessarily try to score and yeah. then he just lets the mcdavid line out loose to do all the scoring for him <laughs> release like, the hounds it's, 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 yeah like it sounds very <laughs> simple like it sounds very uh elementary but uh it, it, i mean it's worked and like if you were the coach like you know it, it kind of sounds rational you know yeah, yeah sure <laughs> you know who hasn't been doing well nick Who's columbus that? Ah. And you know what I love? Columbus is on a losing streak. Torts comes out, coaches a game in a sweater. (laughs) Did you see that? Yeah. I was going to ask you, as a Christmas present, if you could get me one of those Columbus Blue Jackets hoodies, that would be awesome. What do you think? I'm going to Columbus or something? (laughs) I'm just saying. Where is this coming from? I, I don't know. Like it's just it's good advertising. Like he's wearing that Adidas Columbus Blue Jacket sweater. You could probably order it on NHL.com. He's doing good advertising for the fans, and uh, <laughs> I think it would be a good look. Does like, he if set you want a new standard? Co- if you want a cheap Halloween costume, just put on a Columbus Blue Jackets hoodie and say you're John Tortorella. Yeah, I think it's it, awesome. Like if I were a coach, I'd do the same shit. I'd never wear a suit. I just wear a sweatsuit every game. I don't know, man. I think this is unprofessional. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that it's coming when he's losing, it's not cool. It's just not cool. I wonder if he got the go-ahead from the GM or if he just said, you know what? I'm going to wear a sweater today. <laughs> it's like, could well, you imagine no, no. Mike Babcock wearing a sweater at a Leafs game? <laughs> could you imagine Barry yeah, Trotz with Lou Lamorello no, 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 no. wearing a sweater at a, at a game? Come on, man. Joel all Quinville, the greatest listen, coach of all time. Listen. Sweater. All, all. <laughs> All I'm going to say is apparently he was feeling under the weather. So like he actually has an excuse, presumably. Oh, okay. Like, I, I don't know if you that. could barely make your way to the arena. I think it would, it would make sense to just put on a hoodie, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. He just doesn't know. care, does he? <laughs> I'm sick. That's yeah. Like why. he wasn't even doing like the post game press conferences. <laughs> like he, he straight up would tell his assistant coach to do the press conferences for him. Huh. So, and, and he I, loves I buy those. In, Oh, yeah, and he loves it. So, I mean, if he's skipping that, he must definitely be sick. So, mm. I don't know. It's it's oh, comedic, man. but I wouldn't be too hard on the guy. He's he's getting old. You know, the team's oh, not doing so on, well. He's, he's, probably lo- he's probably losing his voice, having to yell at them every game of late. So, Why do you, you say know. that he's getting old? He's not that old. Well, I just feel like he's been in the in the league for a while, you know? He's one of the younger like, coaches, like grizzled, isn't he? Look like at Hitchcock. <laughs> the old penguin. <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know what he's upset about i mean they're they're right up there in the metro division second place in the metro yeah. i think he's got to settle down they'll they'll get their act together and uh yeah Hopefully, i like their uh, team this year to go yeah. to go more than one round i really do right i think right. they got it in them you know who's That's doing well so. who's doing well montreal canadians nick mm-hmm. the montreal canadians so I want to quickly touch on the uh, the Weber effect, as, as I did a little bit before. So since Weber's come back, I think they're like 4-2 and two or 5-2. and two. Anyways, they've gotten about 40-plus shots per game, and not, not including tonight, in four straight games. They go 40-40-40-40. And better yet, they're limiting their opponents to around 20 to 25 shots. 
Uh, we've also seen Jonathan Druin finally eclipse into this this player that the, he's the player Mark Bergevin traded for. Finally, he's arrived. Like we're we're looking at Sergachev and going, who the hell's Sergachev? He's had an awful year. Druin's on pace for seventy-two points now, uh, and, he, and he's got. And this is without. This is my favorite part, Nick. Duran's having a good statistical year so far, and this is without a strong power play count. So he's got seven power play points, and I think he's got 28 points total. So those are very healthy, healthy numbers. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, it, it's cool. The the chemistry that he is kinda, he's found with Domi, I think it's... They were talking about how they had a good friendship off the ice. It's just... It's a... It's a cool dynamic duo, and they they say it's their Montreal's best dynamic duo for in recent memory. Like they can't really think of two good dynamic players that uh, that have played there recently. So it's really fun to watch these days, and uh, they're another team that's limiting their goals against. I mean, I, I look at Price's last you know six or seven games, and the highest has been three goals. So. Everything's kind of coming together with that defense, and all of a sudden you move Petrie down one line, and you've got Juleson coming back. So, oh, I don't know, Montreal, they're, they're starting to impress me a little bit. And uh, you saw tonight they battled back, uh, well, not battled back, but they really fought it against uh, Chicago with all those damn power plays they had. So, yeah, I like, I like Montreal, and I'm getting more and more confident every day that they're going to they're gonna lock down a wild card spot here, Nick. Well, and not to mention that, I mean, they manhandle Ottawa two nights in a row, right? Mm. I mean, that that's a good indication of where they sit in that Atlantic division because they're hanging tough against the good teams like the Tampas and the Leafs and the Bostons. And then when you play those teams who are clearly, you know, on paper should be worse than you, you're winning pretty decisively. So is a guy kind of looking at the periphery here, totally, you know, unbiased, not really a fan of the team, but those were good things to see. Um, you, you nailed it with Domi and, and, and Druan. They, they gave uh, the, the, the Sens a hard time. Mark Bergevin all of a sudden looks like a genius <laughs> acquire, acquiring this guy who everybody thought was done, had only scored nine goals the previous year or two years. And, and now he's he's a point over a point per game pace. I mean, this has got to be the first good move Bergevin's made in, 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 in his whole tenure in Montreal. And, and it's and it's seemingly reversed his whole uh, his whole uh, reputation. Mm. So I kudos to him. Kudos to Domi. And it seems like ever since Weber's come back, Claude Julian, he's been able to implement his system, as you said, yeah. with the shots against, the scoring chances against. Carey Price looks like vintage Price yet again. We saw that in the Chicago game just a few hours ago. Um, things are clicking. They're healthy for once. It, Paul Byron's back. I mean, it's 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 everything is good right now in Montreal, and, and you can only hope they keep this up. Nick, I think we have to change our song. I mean, we we just uh, we have a line in there like just right. shitting on Bergevin. We got to yeah. change the song soon. We'll so maybe, maybe we look for that over the break here, which is uh, sure. which is coming up in the next few days. But uh, one thing I want to shout out is, I mean, uh, sure we got to give Bergevin credit, but it, it seems like, and I don't know his name or his history, but their pro scout. It seems like he's a savvy character because he targeted Tatar as a guy that they could get value out of. They also targeted Domi as a guy who they could get value out of. So I think he's done a fantastic job. I wish I knew his name and, and had it in front of me, but uh, 
I just want to give him a shout out because he's he's obviously doing something right. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know the guy, but sounds so, sounds like sounds like it's he's doing a good job. Yeah. Sounds like we should ask Pierre because he probably he's probably known him since high school or something. Right. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> I want to quickly touch on uh, the Ottawa Senators who. I'm just going to say it here with uh, just my personal opinion. Without Duchesne, who's out for weeks with uh, with a longer-term injury, Ottawa is f- officially finished. Mm. Any hopes they had of crawling out of the basement there? Uh, yeah, I mean, one thing I will say, I'm so, so, so impressed with Mark Stone. This guy, this guy has won his way into my heart. Seriously, mm. Nick. This, he, he... He could make top line on any team just out of his character, his skill. This is a guy every single but everybody wants. I mean, he continues to impress me, and man, he's going to get a monstrous contract after you this think year. He resigns. Ah, <sighs> ah, that's tough, man. Like I think things have gone. Yeah. yeah, it is. I I think things have gone so much better than anyone expected. With personnel, with players, Kachuk looks good. White looks good. Uh, Duchesne's kicking it up. Shabbat's kicking it up. So, you know, the future is bright in Ottawa. So I think that might encourage him. But has he kind of said, you know, I'm tired of this ownership? Maybe. It's so 50-50 for me. It's just if they're willing to pay Stone, I think he's probably going to stay based on, you know, his loyalty and his character. So if he stays, does that automatically mean Duchesne stays? I think those guys are going to talk. I think they're going to say, you know what, if you're going to stay, I'm going to stay. Because with those two, they actually have a legitimate offense. It, it's mm. And especially with those those pieces around them, you got Batherson, White, Kachuk, and uh, and the Formington coming. I mean, and this Shabbat. is, yeah, this is a, a very good core. And uh, I mean, Stone and Duchesne are not old players. So it could be a good core for very many years to come. So I'd like to see the band stay together. It could be a team that I, I end up really liking, actually, despite all the, the nonsense. So I hope he stays. And I, I think it's 50-50. But if they're willing to pay these two guys, I think I think they'll do it. And, and one last question I have for you is I know at the start of the year, we were really rough on this team. We, we said they'd be at the very basement by the end of the year. We were kind of joking around saying, you know, the people in Colorado are watching ang- anxiously <laughs> to see if, if they'll be in the Jack Hughes, the Jack Hughes hunt. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know you don't see this team going in the playoffs, but where do you see them sitting then at the end of the year? Are they just <clears throat> fringe playoffs or are they at the basement so some guy in Colorado will be dancing because he's going to get a shot at Jack Hughes? <laughs> Here's what I'll say. In terms of the bottom of the standings, Ottawa's draft pick will be in the 4 to 8 range. So then does that make... I guess that makes the Kachuk draft pick a good pick? I was very critical on that pick earlier, their decision to keep it. It is. I think it was a very good move. I think... Uh, I mean, Kachuk right now, he's looking like a can't-miss guy. Like, And if you pick fourth overall this year, I mean, you might get someone who who compares to Kachuk, but like, if you, if you know you're going to get that kind of player and you know who he is, just keep the guy. I mean, sure, you might be you know whittling away on a, a Jack Hughes pick, but 
chances are you're not going to get Jack Hughes even if you're last. So I have no problem with uh, with their decision to to keep Kachuk, even though I was critical earlier on. Yeah, no, the the guy's a point per game pace right now, pretty much. Yeah, and uh, I I think if he can be in the Rookie of the Year discussion at the end of the year. Oh, it's he's huge. Definitely leading the charge there, but if he can just be in the discussion, I think that would go a long way in, in kind of making it look like a salvageable situation, and, and not making Pierre Dorian look like a schmuck here, because because that that would be pretty big if if he can prove himself being the rookie of the year conversation. Ottawa's not like one of the bottom five teams at the end of the year. Then I think you can say they made the right call. Yeah, and I. We we should mention too that Pierre Dorian is probably not as bad of a GM as as we've made it, made him out to be, and I think there's definitely some strings being pulled by Eugene Melnick on some of the deals he's made. So, yeah, I I, I think he he might actually be a decent GM at, when all is said and done. It's just he's got that big ugly brood up up, up above him. So we we should give him a little bit of a shout out there. But as Pierre likes to say, I mean. The future's definitely bright here, and uh, you'll see you'll see Alex Formanton on the Team Canada squad. The guy, they say he can skate like the wind. So yeah, very very exciting times. And Logan Brown lighting it up in the AHL, I think too. So yeah, it's 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 looking good for Ottawa. And I, shout out to Pierre Dorian. You're you're not awful, man. You're, you're pretty good. Him and Bergevin, I they need to grab a beer and just have a have a few words about the world. You know, just be like, oh, fuck those guys. You know, we showed them. <laughs> um speaking of world juniors did you want to touch at all on the uh, the latest announcement with team canada yes i wanted to do that as the last section there uh i'll have you quickly do your little fantasy segment on uh, on will carrier and company uh just yeah, I'll before be we get into here. that very very brief uh, sure will carrier i am going to make the case right now don't in say front it. of the jury that uh I think this guy is must own in any league, ten plus teams. Okay. I think when you look at what he contributes in terms of just the raw hits category, you see the margin between him and the second best hitter in the league, who I believe is uh, his teammate Ryan Reeves. I mean, mm. Carrier one fifty nine, Reeves one twenty two. So we're we're only thirty games into the season. This guy's already got hundred and fifty nine hits. You look at his. Uh, look at the past few games six hits six hits six five six six four six seven seven i mean it's just consistency that no other guy in the league has he has seemingly won every single week for me in terms of hits he's done the same for andrew in the other league it's 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 crazy and i think there's a real case that needs to be made for this guy to be owned more he's only 19 percent owned he shoots the puck too it's not like he's a total duster I mean, I believe he's got something like 76 shots more than a guy like Matthew Barzell. Um, no, uh, you know he's 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 scored a couple goals, two or three goals. I mean, he's playing on the best fourth line in the league, as we said earlier. So, I I'm a big fan, and I think more people need to jump on this bandwagon. I I'm telling you, if you pick this guy up, 
and and you got a team that's more skills based you know you don't really have a lot of grit you're more so going for the points which you know ought to be the way you should play i mean get those shots get those power play points get those goals assists but just pick up this guy have him just sit somewhere on your on your 20 man roster or whatever and and this guy will prove his worth every week he will consistently get you those hits you're looking for and he will get you that one category you know every week you're just looking to get five or six you know everyone loves a blowout everyone loves to win their head-to-head nine nothing ten nothing but at the end of the day you're gonna do fine if you just get five every week and this guy's gonna get you one of those five so that's my case pick up willie carrier yeah i, I won't lie i, I kind of went wide-eyed when i saw his uh, his hit totals that's uh like that's six a game that's like yeah consistently yeah that that's crazy I mean, I yeah. wish he was a D because I like to just stash right. hits on my yeah, D. Yeah, yeah. But uh, man, that that's a a scary fourth line out there. Him Reeves, who's the third mm-hmm. guy? I don't even know. I I don't even know. But but, but that's it, all that needs to be said. Yeah, I mean, you you put that line out there, and you know people are just getting punished. Like that'd <laughs> be it'd be funny when uh, when they face off against Toronto. Now that we're oh, we I talked about that previous topic, they're they're just gonna get bullied. And when who's gonna nothing's gonna happen. And I, you know, uh, just sorry to go, go back, but Babcock made the comment, yeah, like our power play is our defense. Well, you know, someone made the comment as well. What happens when they put the whistles away in the playoffs? I mean, that's going to happen too, you know. So, right. yeah. But yeah, what a scary fourth line. I can't believe uh, <laughs> they got all those guys in one in one little trio. Fuck, that's crazy. But yeah, definitely worth... Uh, Definitely worth the pickup, but you're, are you saying you're going to keep him the whole time? Oh, absolutely. I'm not getting rid of him, and and I just there's no way I can lose hits. I, I'm winning every week. When you combine him with Ovechkin and like a Dustin <laughs> Brown, I mean, oh, there's there's you got no Brown? way I'm losing. I I do have Dustin Brown because he's he's actually like almost a point per game player. So uh, oh. I, I just between those three guys and then oh Furlan too. I know he's injured right now, but between having Furlan, Brown, and 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 the, and Carrier and Ovechkin, you're you're not losing hits. I'm sorry, and and I've been winning by a very mar- wide margin every week. So mm. I, I'm happy with those guys. Fair, fair. All right, well we'll get to our last little <clears throat> last little topic here. So uh, we saw recently last week. That it's that time of the year again, folks. The World Juniors are right around the corner. And uh, Team Canada announced its final camp roster. So it's uh, it's a bunch of guys that are going to go in to camp in a few days, I think. And they're going to battle it out to make the final roster. Now, what I did was I looked at the list. Uh, all in all, not uh, there were a few snubs that people might have considered. Uh, guys like Kirby Doc and, and Dylan Cousins that are eligible for this year's draft. But honestly, I think they had uh, some good choices to come to the camp. And what I want to do... Those guys got snubbed? They didn't make it to the camp, no. You were just talking about them like two or three weeks ago. You got me excited. And they're oh, not yeah. going to play on Team Canada? No, well, what, what you have to realize is it's it's very rare for a, a draft eligible, like this, like a non-drafted guy to make the team especially on Canada. Like you'll see it all the time with other teams, but on Canada with our depth, it's it's so rare that we we take a 17-year-old. It's what about it almost Lafreniere? never happens. 
Well, I'll get to that in a second, won't I? I'll get there. You know, he's a bit of an exception, Nick. A bit of an exception. You heard, you heard Craig Button. The way I describe this guy is... Oh, I forget what he said, but it was oh, he had such a horrible take on it. He had a <laughs> horrible take. I, th- I think it was oh, it, it was dumb, but I'll, I'll what I want to do right now is I've done my research, some uh, some in depth research, Nick, and I want to give you my projected roster. Now these guys might not uh, line up exactly how I how I say it here, but I, I really think that this is a good representation of the personnel that you're gonna see. Now, let me know if any names stick out for you. <clears throat> First line, Maxime Comtois of the Anaheim Ducks. I like him. Cody Glass, Vegas' like first him. ever pick. Nick Suzuki, Vegas' second ever pick. So that'll be a fantastic first line with Glass centering. Suzuki's Former usually teammates, a center. Right? Suzuki, Suzuki and Glass, they were both uh, drafted by Vegas. Yes, but I don't think they really played together there before okay. before the trade happened. So yeah, Suzuki's one of those guys, and this is going to happen, Nick, where a centerman is going to play on the wing. You see that often with Team Canada. It just well, uh, but, just a matter. Button called him uh, Swiss Army knife. Right? Yes, yeah, and this guy can really do it all. Mm. Then we have second line, and there's going to be a couple names you recognize here: Alex Formington, Formy, who has. Deadly speed. I think uh, some of the Ottawa guys, I, th- I think Eugene said, he's got McDavid-level speed, <laughs> which is just nice. ridiculous. But Formington, Gabe Velarde, and so Owen So you Tippett. see him making the team? Oh, Velarde's a lock. He's going to be healthy? Oh, yes. Because he, I, I think he's injured right now. You do know that. Oh, well, right now, Nick, he's, he's in the AHL. He's, he's on a conditioning stint. But he's injured right now in the AHL. Really? He got he got yeah, knocked out I, again? I've been I've been reading the he didn't play in their last game, the Ontario Reign. He's going to be reevaluated tomorrow. He had some x-rays oh. done. We're, we're going to hear some news tomorrow. No. I'm telling you, I I'm on the situation in LA and it's no. not looking too bright. So, we're we're going to get a report tomorrow and uh hopefully we get some good news. That's a major hit. This this guy's oh, yeah. a this guy's a he he could be a legitimate star on this team. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. That's a hit, but oh man, I hope I hope he's okay. And then on the on the right side there we have Owen Tippett, who's just a pure snipe show from uh, from Florida, the Florida draft pick. This this guy's like a Kessel, like he's not going to do a whole lot for you. He, like doesn't really do much, but when when he shoots it, you're like, oh man, that guy that guy can really fire it. So he could he could load up a lot of goals in the tournament. Uh, this is an interesting third line here: Morgan Frost, who's moved to the left wing. Playing with teammate Barrett Hayton, who was recently the uh, the fifth overall pick of Arizona, he was that surprise pick, and Ty mm. Delandria. Now Ty Delandria might be a, a name that not many people recognize. He was actually the pick by Dallas, and he's he's kind of like uh, he's our spark plug. He's going to be like a Brendan Gallagher. Doesn't doesn't have maybe the skill to compete with some of these other guys, but he's going to be a guy who can really run your forecheck and and get under the other team's skin. So onto the fourth line, and uh, this is where things get a little bit, uh, things can change here. So we've got Alexi Lafreniere sneaking onto the team, uh, and I'll get to that in a second, uh, on the left wing there. Centerman is Joe Valeno, who has just had a huge resurgence in, in the queue, just absolutely lighting it up after being picked 30th. And then Brett Leeson, 
Now, Nick, do you know who Brett Leeson is? No, sir. I'm not surprised because he's a guy that's been passed over in the last two drafts. He's a, he's a 19-year-old who's undrafted, and he's absolutely tearing the WHL apart. He's leading the league by a huge margin, and uh, he could be one of those guys who's picked in the second or third round this year as a 19-year-old. So they project him to make the team, and he's kind of hard to read because you know he's one of those overage guys who, who's a huge late bloomer. Think of uh, Tanner Pearson kind of guy. So he's, uh, he, he's favored to make it as well. And then last guy is Liam Foody out of uh, the London Knights uh, Columbus draft pick. Now he's kind of a guy like Formington where he's just an all-out speedster. This guy, uh, he's, he's good offensively in terms of instincts and all that, but he's just going to be able to give this team a speed identity, which is, which is beautiful. And they can, uh, they can plug him in wherever. He's an energy guy too. So that's, that's the forwards, and it's, it's a dangerous crop. But uh, the defense is what I, I really get excited about. No, uh, no Jared Anderson Dolan? No. I mean, <laughs> he, it, it's possible, but... He's hurt. He's hurt. Is he really? Yeah, he's hurt. He's not going to... He, he's not making the team, not because he's not going to make it, like in terms of talent. He's just hurt. He got invited right. to the camp because they, they were encouraged by, by his play, but it doesn't look like he's going to go to camp. That's sad. Yeah. But I was just mentioning him because uh, four LA Kings prospects were named to the camp, which I thought was very encouraging. Mm. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Who else do they have? They have Velarde. They got Dolan. the goal. One of the three goalies, Velada. Oh. And. Uh, Velada? Uh, oh, yeah. His name's. Uh, he's not. Matthew Villalta. Yeah, he's not making he's, it. He's one of the three goalies. And uh, Marcus Phillips on defense. Okay, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, do you have Phillips? Do you have Phillips making the team? I the don't. Defense? I don't. Oh boy, the oh. defense is very deep. It, it's a really good defense. <laughs> but I mean, he could make it because honestly, I have no idea what I'm talking about after the top <laughs> five D. Okay. So, so I wanted to quickly touch on Lafreniere there. So now it's very unprecedented for a 17 year old, especially one that just turned 17, to make this team. The last guy to do it was McDavid. The last Q guy to do it was Druan. So if he does make this team, it'll have to be on a like a more of a scoring role. Like he doesn't serve you well in, in your bottom six. And I know that's where that's where I put him, but I just kind of put him there for whatever. Uh, so if he doesn't land and earn a top scoring role, then I don't know if he does make this team because he, he doesn't have he has an underdeveloped uh, defensive game, put it that way. But I mean, Button said he's if he's playing his game, he's our best left winger. So you know, I, he could he could very well be a huge staple on this team. I'm just uh, I, we have to wait and see. Uh, I just want to quickly run over the D. Now I love this defense. It's it's really nice. Ty Smith on the left side. This guy's lighting up the WHL, and I think well, where where yeah, New Jersey, New Jersey pick Noah Dobson uh, of the Islanders. Uh, Pierre Olivier Joseph, which is Matthew Joseph's brother from uh, from Tampa Bay there. He looked fantastic. Uh, Evan Bouchard, who you'll know from Edmonton. So he's he's going to be a huge part of this team oh, too. He's, he's a lock. He's a lock. Yeah, absolutely. Him and Dobson are going to be the, the mainstays oh, yeah. on defense. So that's already looking like a good defense. And then we have, yeah, these last three you might not be fully aware of, but Jared McIsaac, who's just a, a quiet, shut-down guy. 
Uh, you've got Josh Brook, who's the the Ed the sorry the Montreal prospect, who's doing very 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 well in the WHL for them. And then uh, this this last guy Mitchell, who uh, I I kind of I don't know much about him, but I threw him in there because everyone else was saying that he would be he would be pretty good. So yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. But that top four on the defense. The, from the guys I've talked to on social media, it, it seems like Canada has the most well-rounded defense of the tournament, but uh, but Sweden has the most dynamic defense. Mm. I mean, they got some crazy. They got Sandine, Liljegren, those two Toronto guys. So yeah, they're looking really, really good too. Not not to mention Adam Bokvist, who's the the Chicago pick. My goodness, they're gonna be good. Mm. And then goalies, simply Mike Di Pietro and uh, Ian Scott. And uh, Di Pietro, where oh, I forget what he was drafted by, but Di Pietro is going to be our our number one goal. He's pretty well a lock. And so I think... is he is he related to the Di Pietro who we know from uh, the one for the Islanders? Uh, I don't think so. That's uh, I th- I think someone would have made that comment already, but uh, okay. no, he just he's his own guy, and he seems like a really good character. They interviewed him on TSN, so yeah, he he's a really just a solid, steady easygoing guy easygoing and, and goaltender I, I think the other guy the other goalie he's uh, he's Scott. a Leafs draft pick yeah yeah Leafs, yeah, Leafs pick. yeah he's he'll be he'll he's pretty much a lock to be the backup too i mean i don't know who that third guy is but no one's kind of pegging that guy to make it so this guy ian scott he'll see a couple games against some low low competition guys but dpho is the main guy but yeah all in all this is going to be a a fantastic tournament I mean, uh, this this is up there with, I'd say, top three best Canada teams in the last six years. So, yeah, everything could be, go really well. And I just can't wait to see that uh, the Hughes brothers versus face off against Canada. It's going to be a hell of a matchup, especially if Lafreniere makes the team. Because, you know, those, so, com- those comparisons yeah. are going to get going. So, so for uh, the curiosity of our other listeners from the states and from russia and from sweden Uh, and finland uh where do you see these teams stacking up who's the major threat i know you have you obviously probably have canada right up there either best or second best but yeah who's their major threat what's the team you're going to be eyeing here so you honestly the major threat here is is the russians now that's based on some of their guys i know and and a lot of it is based on what button says but these russians and we saw them in the the chl series they're they're really good and they have some really amazing chemistry together so they're going to be extremely dangerous um sweden i believe they're back loaded they have a really really good defense but maybe a little bit weaker forwards than usual uh but they're going to be a threat without a doubt and um obviously usa is going to be a threat every year but uh Honestly, it depends what it depends what we see out of guys like Wallstrom, because we know we know what the Hughes brothers are going to bring. You're going to see Quinn as the quarterback, and it's going to be magnificent skating. Like the USA team is going to be fast, fast, fast. Like that's what we can expect. That's why that's why I put guys like Foodie on there and Formington, because these guys are going to be able to skate with the Hughes guys. But uh, if if guys like Wallstrom, who's just a pure sniper, can get good chemistry going with Jack. Man, that's going to be a lethal, lethal duo because Wallstrom was one of the best scorers out of the 2018 draft. So, yeah, they're they're dangerous. I mean, those 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 two as a duo, they could 
they could seemingly tear up any team. So, yeah, from what from what Button says, the USA team isn't a favorite like Russia or Canada is, but uh, put Sweden and USA just a slight tier below. But we'll we'll see what happens, Nick. I mean, Button has has been known to make some mistakes out there too. So, yeah, I'm I'm terribly terrified of of USA personally. But uh, yeah, I just I just can't oh, wait yeah. to see it. I, I'm I'm super excited to see them play because, uh, in one respect, I I see Jack and and you know as a LA St Louis fan, this will be my first time to actually I've read the reports, I've read the scoring, the game logs, but this will be my first chance to actually see see the kid play, and uh, and Quinn, I've heard so many great things about him right now in college. I mean, he he he's such a great skater on on Vancouver radio. I heard this guy's he's he's straight up like skating backwards. He's doing like backward circles in his defensive zone. Like he's just having fun. Like mm. it, it's crazy what I've heard from about this kid. So the the Hughes brothers, I'm super super excited to see them play. This yeah, if if USA goes deep, this tournament could turn into the Hughes tournament. I mean. Mm. You know Quinn's going to be like the main staple of that power play. And then Jack can just literally run circles around the offensive zone seemingly and, and all day. It's it's in Vancouver in Victoria, BC, right? So yes, Victoria. Gonna yeah. a lot of, he's going to have a lot of Canucks fans there seeing him play, right, Quinn? Oh, I, yeah. I didn't even think of that little storyline. That's a huge thing, yeah. They're going to love that. Oh, yeah. Th- that'll be reminis- reminiscent of Austin playing in the on the World Cup team. Right. Before, before right. he ever played a Leafs game in in Toronto, mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna get a little taste of what what is to come. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're we're excited, man. That's that's gonna be awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, on that note, Nick, I think that's that's all the segments. Yeah, no, I, I think we covered a lot of bases. I mean, the main point we wanted to get across to the audience was obviously the Nylander news because we, we were we were talking a lot about that in the last few weeks. We gave our predictions what would happen. We, we, we gave some mock trades. Of course, that all went to shit. But, you know, it was fun anyways. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you guys are glad the wait's over. We're sure as hell glad the wait's over. And, uh, and now we see what the Leafs do with this. And, uh, yeah, sh- should be a fun uh, last four months of the season here. Hmm. I can't believe we're this far in already. Mm-hmm. And and as I said, hey, this far in, still no Leafs Tampa, but the first matchup. Every I don't every hockey fan should watch this game. If you're not a Leafs fan, if you're not a, a Tampa fan, you should tune in this Thursday night to see the two most. Well, I don't know. Colorado's got something to say about that, but the two most explosive, fast-paced teams in the league, um, mm. Toronto and Tampa Bay, top two teams of, in the league right now. In terms of goal scoring, absolutely. Yeah, and look, look at goals four. Yeah. yeah, the two titans of the East can't wait. Pretty much, yeah. And on that bombshell, everybody, it's been great to to talk to you. And uh, this, this is Rink Moose signing off. <laughs> <laughs>